lot of property managers, single owners are still using a lockbox and a key. Super unsafe, super manual, keys get lost, right? We invest in technology that generates random codes. I mean, I know this is sort of industry standard, but as a single property owner manager, you're probably not going to invest in that Yale lock that matches up to your booking channel that generates random codes, right? That takes work. Hi, I'm Wyatt. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to Our Dad and your host of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Vodacy Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore, and I'm really excited about our guest today. We've got on Dustin Abney. He's a veteran of the short-term rental game and CEO of Portoro. And we are going to talk about a topic that I believe to be the Achilles heel of short-term rental operations, which is property management, right? And so, and, and Dustin's been around the game for a long time. Portoro's a high-end property management company. And so we've got the, we've got the guy on that we can talk about. You guys that have listened to me for very long know that I'm a big proponent of having full service property managers as part of your dream team. When you own these properties and every one of my properties, I don't manage any of my own properties. I have full service property managers on all of them. And so Dustin, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation today. Yeah, thanks, Sean. I'm super pumped. Hey, I've sat on both sides of the fence. I was my own property manager for my own short-term rental way back in the day, and now I'm a professional property management company. So got a lot of perspective to share with the audience. Love it. I love it. And it, and it's great to see see it from both sides of the fence, like you said, both sides of the coin. Um, and, and we can talk a little bit about that. So you can kind of talk about the pros and cons of both options, right? And, uh, yeah. and I think that's important is, especially as like most of our audience were their owners or thinking about owning short-term rentals and getting into this game. And it's that's one of the biggest decisions you're going to make is how are you going to manage these properties? And so we'll, we'll dive into that for sure. Can we rewind the clock a little bit, Dustin? I don't do big bios and long bios, but I always yeah. like to know a little bit more background than what I just introduced. And so kind of, kind of rewind the clock a little bit about us and tell us about, you know, what really got you into this game and, and how you got started. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to keep it brief, but I would say real estate in general has been a through line my entire life. As, as young as I can remember, my dad's a general contractor. I had a hammer in my hand at the job site. So I've been around, you know, real estate and properties forever. Um, I, I jumped out of college and took a job in finance, quickly realized that it was not what I expected. Um, and then jumped into the real estate SaaS world. So a company called Dot Loop, some of you may be familiar with. Yeah. Uh, eventually sold to Zillow. And for 10 years, I was around real estate agents uh, all the time, right? That, that was our client base. And a lot of successful agents had invested in their own properties. And I started to then, you know, take vacations. I was making money and, you know, being around these, these very successful real estate entrepreneurs decided, hey, like I want to buy my own first property. So we started flipping a few and then I got into the vacation rental space and uh, quickly thought, I'm just going to pay the bills and and hopefully, you know, make enough to cover um, on this short-term vacation rental we bought in in Nowheresville, uh, north of Knoxville, Tennessee, called Lake Norris. If any li- listeners know that that spot, um, and wow, it's like it opened up a whole new world because we started making good money, and um, I was just blown away at, at how high demand was and how the industry was changing and. You know, after being 10 years at Dot Loop and Zillow, I was getting that entrepreneur itch again and decided what I was going to do next and wanted to take a stab at a professional career in short-term rental. So when I left uh, Zillow, I started a company called D. Alexander with a few co-founders. And our thesis was, let's go ahead and 
you know, raise a little bit of money. Let's buy the real estate assets themselves. Let's remodel them, make them super high end, very purpose built and purposely designed and run them ourselves as a professional company. And if we can do that ourselves, then we can attract more real estate money and investment. Um, then COVID hit, right? That's that's sort of all the okay. story that you've probably heard before. We had three founders and COVID hit, we needed to raise more money. And so ended up uh, taking a backseat in that company and joined Avance Um, So Avance was coming out of COVID and growing really rapidly. And so I had a two-year growth period there. We went from 500 to, I think, 1,200 homes, maybe 10 markets to 50 markets. Um, and so learned learned a lot there, had a great experience. I think you had Sean on your podcast before yeah. the CEO. Uh, it was a great run and then uh, got the entrepreneur itch again and decided to, to move on and start Portoro. So yeah, I've been a veteran in the space. I've owned real estate, been an investor, single property manager, now professional luxury property manager. So I've been in it for a while. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure a ton of knowledge through that time frame as well. And uh, lots of mistakes. Usually that knowledge comes from a lot of mistakes, oh, yeah. right? And so, <laughs> That's right. Um, and so when you, you know, as you, you know, you've been kind of in that world for, for quite some time, you've seen some ups and some downs. And as you're starting to get into this, like one of the things that a lot of people tell me, right They're they're like, yeah. Sean, why would you like, and people that are, and I'm talking about like mentors and coaches who are kind of that I, I compete against, but we all kind of know each other as well. Right. And so yeah. like, why do you, you know, you're hurting yourself by saying that you should do full service property management, because when people run the numbers, the investment doesn't look nearly as good. And right. my argument is, I've been doing this for a long time as well. And I actually think it allows me to make a lot more money by totally. partnering with the right management partners, because managing these properties, it can become a full-time gig really quick, right? Oh, yeah. If you have a handful of properties, all of a sudden, that's all you do. Like I I get that there's a lot of software tools out there. There's a lot of things that can help automate the process in the systems, but you really have to be a 24 seven concierge. If you want to have a really great guest experience, we're in the hospitality game, right? And so there's only so much that software tools can do as good as they are. And you've been in the tech world, right? You understand they can be a phenomenal tool and they can, they can really help with the guest experience. But when you're managing properties, you've got to think about, the check-ins, the checkouts, the guest communication, being that concierge, the maintenance involved, all of these different responsibilities that now are the rely that that's on your head, right? As the as the property manager. And yeah. as an investor, I get to look at properties, I go buy properties, I curate an amazing guest experience, and then I partner with the right partners that can deliver that experience. Absolutely. And, yeah. and then I can go rinse and repeat and do it over and over and over again. And I don't get bogged down with the day-to-day operations because there's a lot of economies of scale when it comes to management. And so it, you know, if I've got a handful of properties, all of a sudden it, it becomes overwhelming. So I'd love to, I'd love to hear your take on that because there's a lot of, there's a lot of pros to that, but you said, like you, you said, you've owned properties. You've been on the other side of it where you didn't pay a property manager and Mm -hmm. you, you did it yourself. What are, let's, let's kind of talk about that a little bit. Well, you pay for it one way or another as well as what I'll say. And we talked about that before we jumped on the podcast and, and I, I will say, you know, I, I make a parallel to, you know, and, and nothing against real estate agents when I say this, but there are professional real estate agents that do this 24-7 and there are part-time real estate agents that, sure, they can sell your house or they can help you find a house, but are they going to be the experts? Are they going to know you know the market changes and the micro pricing differences between neighborhoods, right? I, I think the same thing with property management. Sure, you can manage your own, 
But do you know what demand is changing? Do you know how rates are changing? Do you know what, you know, damage fees, all this stuff can, like you said, become very, very daunting very, very quickly. Um, and, And so the operational management side is just one small piece, right? It's making sure guests are checking in, making sure the clean happens, the home's inspected, your maintenance guy shows up on time. That's just like one small piece of it. Then you've got the pricing aspect, right? The marketing aspect, what's going to show up at the top of the OTA algorithms. Then let's let's not even forget that you've got this whole other side, which is guest experience. Guests are super demanding and rightfully so, right? They're spending a lot of money. They're taking their family on trips. And yes, as a, as a property owner, you intimately know the value of your home and what amenities can provide. But man, showing up and, and delivering a guest experience, answering the phone at midnight where they can't figure out how to get you know the hot tub working or the propane yeah. tank is literally running out on Memorial Day and you're at a party and your guests are having a party at your house, like all those things right, come into play. And if you can't deliver on every single one of them, you're already below the competition because property managers can. And so that's where I think the value of a professional property manager can come into play is that and you got to deliver on every single aspect or you're just not going to compete. We've seen the inventory of short-term rentals increase exponentially over yeah. the past few years. And I think we're going to continue to do that as the real estate market changes and traveler demands change. So, you know, if, if you're not competing at a super high level, you're not going to win. And it's going to be instead of an investment, right? It, it's going to be just a, a, a cash suck. You know, it's going to be a tough thing to operate. So we can go down many different paths here, yes. but I think if you just sort of look at it at a high level, like you're competing against professionals and the delivery of the experience and, and you got to be on your game. Yeah. And I, and I would, there is a lot to unpack there. And I think that there's one, there's a whole bunch of nuggets I would love to hit on too, but yeah. even taking it back to your example in the beginning where you said, you know, on the real estate agents, there's professionals, there's not professionals. That's the same, even with pro- full-time property or full service property managers, right? I right. always like any other industry, the Pareto principle applies. Usually the top 20% of any, any industry is going to make 80% of the money because they're the better companies. Right. And when I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode that I believe property management is the Achilles heel of this game. It's, it, it goes, it's layers of that Achilles heel. One, we don't want to like you, you, if you're going to do it yourself, you have to be a professional. You have to be able to deliver on all those things you just mentioned, but also if you're going to go hire a property manager, you better understand well enough how to find the right ones. Because I always tell people eight out of 10 of them, I'm not working with. And there's not, I'm not slamming that that's a bad industry. That's normal in any, any industry. I want to work with the top 20%. It's doesn't, yeah, it's across the board. doesn't matter whether it's what it is and property yeah. managers are no different and, and companies. So even though you're hiring a full service property management company, they all deliver different things and they all do diff- things differently. And to your point, this game has changed, right? It's not now, it's no longer that it, it is still, still kind of a mom and pop business because you don't have a lot of the institutional investors getting in, but it's very much the the game now is the the bar has been raised to where you have to be a professional host. And part That's of right. being a professional host is not only having a great property anymore, you know, you used to have a, a good property. It looked like a model home. It would rent that. That's right. not the case. Right. And then COVID came around and it just, it just added fuel to the fire of, and it really accelerated the short-term rentals as a mainstream asset class and a mainstream accommodation. 
which was a good thing, but supply has caught up with demand now. You know, those last three years, having a short-term rental was like having toilet paper during COVID, if we're all honest with ourselves, right? Totally. You know, yeah. anybody with a, with, a, with a property made some money and yeah, everybody right. thought that they were geniuses as well, right? Okay, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm awesome at this. Well, the game has changed. It's now leveling off where supply, like you mentioned, has gone up significantly. And and I totally agree with you. I don't think it's going down anytime soon. All indicators are that the supply is going to keep going up. The great part is so does demand, but they're right. but they're a lot more level than they were through the COVID, where where that gap between demand and supply and demand was so wide. They're they're level yeah. and they're going to stay level, right? And yeah. just like any other mainstream asset, they're going to stay level. And so it's our job to be able to, as investors, to be able to figure out how can we create this unique experience? How can we deliver it to our guests? Because that's what people are buying, right? They're yeah. buying an experience. They're not buying a property, right? People yeah. people mistake that we that travelers are looking for a property. They're not. The property is part of the experience, but they're looking for a great vacation experience. And totally. running out of propane during your Memorial Day barbecue detracts from that experience. And that could just be an oversight when you have all these other things you have to check off. And so, and uh, like I said, with economies of scale, if you're a, if you're an owner operator and you have one or two properties, you're probably not t- tapped into some of the like different safety and tech it, it, things that you can do with security, all the yep. different top tier things you can do with, um, you know, concierge type services and Absolutely. luxury amenities and all those different things where, where a property manager, a, a professional is going to be tapped into those things. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's that's our value, right? We we get economies of scale. We can deliver both on the operational and the guest experience side things that a single manager, like a, an owner manager, just can't deliver by the nature of they don't have the, the scale. They don't have the investment. Yeah. Uh, and if they do, they're probably not making money, right? If they're putting the investment in, they're exactly. not making money on it. Yeah. Even if you intended to do it. It's it right. it's not cost it's not cost efficient to do it right? You, right you're not it doesn't make sense to do it with one or two properties it doesn't make sense to offer all of that stuff which ultimately helps you raise the bar so your competition does go do that stuff and does hire the right partners and like because really a property manager is a great partner right I mean yes. they have to be able to I mean they're one of your main partners long term in this game and ultimately how you're going to maximize your asset. And yeah. so, yeah, I think that, so t- tell us about some of those premium amenities and, and t- like some of those top tier experience things that you guys do that, that can really help set, help a, help a property owner set themselves apart and really operate toward the top of the market. Yeah. So I, I think let's start on the guest experience side of things. Cause that's, you know, I think a lot of people can understand that, right? You've been to a property, you've traveled, you understand yeah. what kind of experience and the way I like to explain Portoro is sort of this middle ground. We sit sort of in the middle, right? You have your local small mom and pop property manager. Maybe they have a small portfolio of 10, 20 properties, and they are super focused on their local market, delivering great local experiences. They've yeah. got staff on the ground. They can live check you in, like all that yeah. really, really authentic hospitality stuff that I think was, you know, really what made Airbnb and VRB popular, right? Local. Yeah. Um, and then on the very other end of the spectrum, right, you have the large national multi-thousand property uh, managers, unit managers that have, you know, the technology, the data, the security, the 24-7 scaled teams. I, I think we sit right in the middle of that. We yeah. invest in local. We understand local hospitality. When we acquire companies like the one we did in Austin, Texas, we invest even more than what they had before. 
but we marry that with the technology, the scale, all this kind of thing. So that's where I like to start. So people understand like, where we sit and how we sort of Love frame it. our value. Um, on the guest experience side, uh, specifically, we do this in many different ways. You know, it's through automated, you know, lock technology. And a lot of property managers, single owners are still using a lockbox and a key. Super unsafe, super manual, keys get lost, right? We invest in technology that generates random codes. I mean, I know this is sort of industry standard, but as a single property owner manager, you're probably not going to invest in that Yale lock that matches up to your booking channel that generates random codes, right? That takes work. So from entry access, that is, you know, number one. Number two, in-home amenities. We buy high-end, you know, bath amenities that people wouldn't normally buy themselves because we're creating experience. And we have, you know, great, like 100% cotton linen, something they may not splurge on themselves, but they're on vacation. We provide that. You go to the market, supermarket, and you want to buy what we buy. It's $30 a bottle. Well, we buy thousands of bottles and we get it for 10, you know? Yeah. So with, again, our scale, we're able to offer a high-end bath experience, if you will, spa-like experience, because we do this on a large scale. Um, so those are a couple of ways. The other concierge service, you mentioned that, Right. I think people love short-term rentals because they get the home, they get authenticity, they get a place to cook and hang and commune and stuff like that. But you lose some of what traditional hospitality has offered us, right? In-home massage, fine dining, you know, cocktail bar, all that kind of stuff. Again, because of our scale, we can offer those services. We've got connections with vendors uh, where we can, you know, put a masseuse right in your living room that brings the table. We've got chefs that are, you know, connected with us that can create an amazing cooking experience. Like you're at a five-star restaurant, alcohol delivery, bartenders. Like we, again, it's going to be hard to cultivate those strong relationships that anytime on demand, we can make it happen because we have the demand to do that. But a single property owner, yeah, you might know Bob who is a great barbecuer, but you know, he might have something else going on. And we have a, you know, deep bench of all these services that we can offer. So from the guest experience side, it's investing in those amenities because we do it at scale. We get it cheaper. We can deliver it consistently every single time. And the concierge experiences as well. We've got the demand. We've got the vendor relationships. We can pretty much make anything happen if you give us, you know, your dream scenario. We'll yeah. Make it happen for you. Which I believe that's going to be another thing that's going to become more and more popular with the top properties and, yeah. and more and more desirable, I guess I should say too, for the guest looking for that, right? right? Like yeah. I, I, that's when I travel, I really look for short-term rentals that I can get, you know, the fridge stocked and some of those concierge right. services before I show up because I don't want to have to go to the grocery store. Not everybody cares about that, but I know I've experienced it once and it, 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 my expectation now is, okay, that's what I'm looking for. And so yeah. it, it's, it's a, and I, I hope everybody listening, I hope you guys are, are understanding and kind of unpacking and reading between the lines. Everything that Dustin is saying is re, re, it revolves back to the guest experience. It's what are we doing to maximize the guest experience? Because we know that's ultimately how we maximize the dollars in our pocket. And and it raised the bar because in this game, there is a wide range of nightly rates in any market for a three bed house in that market, right? Or a four bed house or whatever it is. We're not all equal when it comes to pricing or revenue that we're making. And those those property owners and those properties that are able to provide that experience in all these different things that Dustin's talking about, that's ultimately how we put more money in our pocket. And that's what we want, right? As an investor, that's what I want. I want to put more money in my pocket. And, and 
I, I, it's like, I feel like I, I yell this from the top of the, my lungs from the top of every building. And I can't say it enough is you got to focus on the guest experience. Totally. And I'll, I'll give you a good data point, right? We, we obviously list our properties on Airbnb and, and we have a dedicated representative that tells us how we're doing against our cohort. It's very similar like properties. And we're consistently probably 20 to 30% at least as a minimum bar on average daily rates, ADRs above our normal cohort. We have the same properties, right? It's yeah. three bed, you know, whatever, four bed. Yep. We're looking at a light cohort and we're consistently above. And it's because we can charge more, which again, relates to profits in owner's pockets because we deliver on the experience yeah. consistently time and time again. It's better reviews, better ratings. And people, I think these days, and, and I'll be the first to admit, like we're not trying to be the cheapest, right? We're trying to be the most expensive because we want travelers who want to book based on that value. Yes, We know they're buying the experience. We know they're buying the value, just like you travel and I travel. Personally, I, I look for properties that are in that top core because I know I can show up. Like you said, and the fridge is going to be stocked. I don't have yep. to travel for a day and then go mm -hmm. to you know the grocery store and do that. So um, so yeah, so a lot of people, you know, don't really, I think, think about it from a data perspective and, and the value that you can charge more. It's, and I, I like to always bring it back to what, what people know, you, you know, think about hotels, you can go stay in a hotel room at, you know, I don't know, the days in it's a hotel room, it's got a bed, yep. or you can stay at the Ritz and it's going to be 10 <clears> X more. You're still getting a hotel room, but it's the experience, it's the brand, it's everything that you get along with it. And it's the same for us, the same for property management, short-term rentals. Yeah. And and you mentioned, I want to unpack two things there. One, I want to unpack the data part of it. Um, and then two, the pricing model part of it. But one, Absolutely. like you mentioned kind of where you, where you said, like, you know, I, I've always leaned toward the mom and pop, like the smaller mom and pop property managers in the areas that I go, because they, they help add to that experience, right? Yeah, Where absolutely. they struggle is they don't have, they don't have the investment because their portfolio is small enough to invest in the data tools in some of yeah. those different things where the big national companies do, but now it's just a volume game and it's a number and we're not as, they don't care so much about the, the guest experience. And if right. I'm going to pick one or the other, I'm leaning toward the guest experience. And like at, at Portoro, uh, where you guys are at and where you're, what you're doing and you're kind of in the middle where both of those things are really important. Yeah. Like I can't tell you how many property owners I'm talking to right now that they don't know the numbers, right? They, right. they numbers and data is so important to be able to say, are you underperforming? How are you compared to your competition? Where are yeah. you at in the market? And they're like, I don't know. I, I mean, I, know. I feel like I'm underperforming because I'm not paying my bills. Well, yeah, that, your bills have nothing to do with your performance. Right. right. <laughs> and yeah. so, and so you might have a property that you overpaid for. Like, there's a lot of different things that you can decide and, and see in the data. And I've always told people, I love short-term rentals because I could have a cabin on a lake and my neighbor can have a very similar cabin on the exact same lake next door. And I can make double the money that my neighbor makes. And, and there's reasons for that. I'm not, I'm not market dependent. And you just mentioned yeah. like the days in and the Ritz it's, it's a fun game to play. Like Dan Kennedy always says, you know, his, his famous saying, if you can't make money being the low price leader and being the bottom price person in the market, you better, there's no value in being the second bottom price, right? That's right. You, you better figure out how to charge more money. And, and guests will pay more happily pay more if you give them a reason to do so. Exactly. Right? They're yeah. not going to, if you look, if, if it looks like apples to apples 
And now all of a sudden it's a race to the bottom because you're not giving them a reason. You start talking about a, a raised, uh, you know, raising the bar with that experience. They will happily pay more. There's people out there that oh, will right. say, yep, I just need a reason to pay more. And that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive into data just a little bit. Right. Yeah. And let's, let's just talk about pricing as one piece of it, Yeah. Uh, which ultimately results in, in performance. Right. So you think about the local property manager they know their market pretty well, right? They know that three bedrooms generally rent for X dollars a night, right? But what they don't know, and, and I would say most of them don't know, is how demand is changing on a daily basis, a weekly basis, on a bedroom count basis, and yep. new mar- new units coming into the market. What, where is it pushing price up and down? And so that's where we have a leg up. We get data from three different national sources, um, you know, and people can get access to this stuff, but again, at scale, it doesn't make sense. One property, you're not going to go buy wheelhouse price labs, key data, yeah. you know, air DNA. You're not going to buy all that piece of information. Yeah. We do obviously, and we triangulate yeah. all that stuff to say, yes, we have some, you know, automatic stuff and some algorithms put into place that understands the trends, but we have somebody dedicated looking at every property every single day, making micro adjustments based on what they're seeing. And it may be raising prices. It may be lowering yeah. it. It may be raising them, you know, events out into the future. We're seeing, you know, we operate here in, in Austin, Texas. We're looking at demand for F1 out in September, October timeframe coming to town and micro adjusting those rates. And, and yeah. some people are setting their, you know, they're not even thinking about that, right? And leaving no. money on the table. So I would say pricing is a major one. And there's a lot of buzzwords in our industry. Everybody's got dynamic pricing, yes. right? Yeah. What does that mean? Right. Yes. You can sign up for a service and that service can automatically change rates for you. How good is that? How, how are they looking at your cohort? Are they looking at the market in general? Are they looking at the U S in general? Yeah. You know, so I think it, you know, um, there's a lot of tools and I come, like you said, I come from the SaaS world that prop themselves up as you can do this by yourself. And you might be able to do a little bit better with that tool, but you're not going to be doing as good as we are with all the data points and the money that we spend on ensuring that we're looking at supply and demand and all those different micro changes. Right. And I and I don't want to throw any of the tools under the bus. We use them all. All those tools all. that you mentioned, yeah, we invest in we invest in all of them. Wheelhouse, beyond pricing, price labs, totally. air DNA. I'm looking at I love numbers, right? If, if we're we're all about the numbers. So I don't want to throw any of them under the bus, but none of them paint the the full picture for us. We extract a lot of data and we look at different things. One of the one of our um I run I run a mastermind coaching program. One of my students in our in our mastermind group, they had plugged into one of those systems. And they were trying to automate everything. And they were they were in a fairly popular market in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, and their performance was really off. And I always start with pricing. I always look at the pricing because, you know, I believe pricing is one of your best marketing tools and it's not always being cheaper. Right. I I feel like sometimes being the highest price can be one of your better marketing plays. But so I always start with pricing and they had they this tool was auto pricing them out and they had a range in the same exact month. And they had this range where they were all the way down to 225 a night and all the way up to $3,700 a night. There's no house that has that big of a range unless you have like F1 or Coachella coming in or or like Sundance up where I'm at, where you might have a week where it really skyrockets. This was just a random month, no major events. And they had this crazy and they weren't booked either. And I'm like, okay, this one, let's unhook the tool. Let's look at everything. Let's let's simplify the pricing. Use it as, you know, and like to your point, the reason I'm saying this story is it's not always as easy as just plugging into these auto tools. And 
And you really do need to look at it. And sometimes I'm curious on your thought on this. When I look at pricing, sometimes I'll look, like you said, I'm looking at the competition coming in, the supply going up and looking at what other people are charging. And sometimes I say, and we, and you know, the indicator is, Hey, we might need to adjust our price down. A lot of times what I will ask before doing that is what is it that I have that I can articulate better to justify a higher price? And, and am I doing something that I'm not showing them or the guest what I actually have versus our competition? Because a lot of times it comes down to that, not just chasing down on the price. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, and I think that's another reason, or I would say value proposition to professional managers marketing, right? You have to market the value of your home. And if you're not marketing it in the way that shows that true value, you're probably going to drop price because you're trying to meet what the guest is seeing as the value, right? All, all booking conversion is, is does the guest or prospective guest see value in the price? If they do, they're going to book, right? Yes, absolutely. At, at, at its core. And yep. so if you look at, you know, from, from our perspective, we understand how, you know, the human, uh, and, and I got a lot of this from our experience at Zillow, look through pictures, right? Yep. Like what pictures are going to bring them the value. And it's about the experience. Can they imagine themselves, you know? Yep. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, I want to show, you know, the master bedroom or the, it's like, hey, we're in a vacation rental, right? They want to see location um, to, to certain amenities. Maybe it's yes. the beach, maybe it's ski and ski out. They want to see, does the dining room table are going to seat my 12 guests who are coming or is it a four top, right? Yeah. Uh, it's got a fireplace. So to- all these things, right? So we know how to market that. Then it's in the description, Right. I see so many homes that the description just isn't really what it is. You yeah. know, it's it's pretty far off. They try to paint this picture and, you know, it's like, OK, that that sounds great. You just you know, I just read 500 words. But what's great about the property itself? Yeah. Can I put myself in there? And so I agree with you. It's always let's start. At, we've set the value. It's people aren't converting. Are we communicating that value effectively? Can we yep. rearrange the photos? Can we change the title, you know, change the description that makes people see that first. Um, and yeah. again, we're looking at that every single day and trying to you know, understand what's going to get people to convert. Um, and we'll try that stuff first. And where most individual property managers, oh, I'm not converting. I'm getting close to my you know, booking windows, deleting, deleting. Let me just drop prices. And yeah. you know, we'll look at even you know, pushing it on different channels. We have very unique channels that we push onto that an individual property manager may not uh, be able to get on. Marriott Homes and Villas, Plum Guide, you know, Hopper Homes. As an individual property manager, you're probably on Airbnb, Airbnb and VRBO. And that's yeah. great, but you're missing opportunity on different channels. So marketing, I think, is is a massive piece. Marketing is a huge one, and you're like it's music to my ears listening to you talk about some of the things that you're interested in doing and maximizing the asset. Right, I always you know, a lot of times property managers, they're not like the things that you're talking about and mentioning right now are the things that help maximize the asset. Ultimately that, you know, you've got an ulterior motive to do so as well, because the more money these properties book for, the more money you guys make as well, right? You're, you're motivated to do so. And it's not, it's not this, okay, I'm going to go this big volume game and just get a piece of a whole bunch of pies. And you guys are saying, okay, we're kind of in the middle where we're not, we want to, we want to pick properties that we can really maximize. And when you're talking about the things you're talking about, it's exactly right. Like it were, uh, I love that when I am curious on if, if I was a property owner and I called you at Portoro and I said, Hey guys, I'm interested. I'm, I've got this property how much involvement? Like, I don't, I always tell people, you don't want to micro, like one, the property manager doesn't want to be micromanaged. And two, I don't want to micromanage my property manager. 
but I want to make sure that I've got a partner that is like, Hey, listen, I want to maximize this asset. And so like, I've got a very um, like kind of detailed interview checklist that I want to, that I want to, how to choose a property manager. One of the first questions is how can I be your best client? Right. I want to be a really great client. And it's not always just about me, but I want to make sure I fit into your system as well. But what I really am looking for is, is a property manager that's willing to take what I have take the investment we've made in maximizing, you know, the, the experience. And we're like, we're willing to invest in that experience and then being able to take it and then and market it, go off. And yeah. I don't want to really have to think about it beyond that. What is your, like how, how much input or like, how does that, how does that onboarding look with a client, with a property um, owner yeah. when a property is coming into your portfolio? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And I would say, you know, partnership is the word that comes to mind. You mentioned yep. it a few times. It's a true partnership. We're yep. in it for the same reasons, right? If we're not delivering value for you, you're not getting money off your investment or you're meeting your goals. It doesn't work for either of us. And we're intrinsically motivated the same way to, to create the best performance. So we we believe it as a true partnership. We're not just a service provider. We're in it for the same reasons. And we're going to stand with you from the beginning and we turn down a lot of people because there's not a lot of alignment, right? And and so we we make sure we match up. I would I would characterize it as there's a lot of involvement up front, um, and for good reason. We want to vet out that we're very closely aligned, and that we're expecting this to be a great partnership. It starts with we mandatorily walk the home with before we sign it. You go to a large national player, they don't care; they'll sign anything, right? Yep. We yep. want to walk the home intimately with you to understand you know, what amenities offered? Like, why did you buy the home? What do you want out of the home? What are your expectations? So it starts all the way up front before we even sign a management agreement. It's let's get in the home together. Let's really vet it out to make sure it's going to, you know, we're going to meet your goals on that side of things. And and you're going to meet our goals and what we're trying to deliver because we're also trying to build a brand, right? We're we're not just trying to manage a number of units. We need to make sure your expectations fit into what Portoro's brand promise to the guests are going to be. Right. Um, and then I would say along the way, after we get the home off the ground and understand your revenue, you know, expectations and, and how you like to be communicated with, right. We'll match all of that. Some, some of our owners like, don't call me ever just text me. Hey, we'll do yeah. that. Right. Um, yeah. But some want to sit on the phone with you and, and I really talk things through or meet you at the house. We deliver on all of that. Again, it's a true partnership. I would say, but most of our owners are meeting with us on a quarterly basis. Um, and, and we do that very intentionally. We call them quarterly business reviews, quarterly home reviews. And we're going through very detailed, you know, performance, again, how you're doing against competition, how we're doing in the market, what are the national metrics? Not only that, but every quarter we do an audit of the home and say, hey, this is what we think you can do or or invest in or where we would like you to invest in to boost performance or create a better guest experience. And maybe it's swapping out, you know, a, a rickety couch or right. hey, we've, we've, we've heard from guests. It'd be great to have a hot tub here and you could, you know, fill in more nights in the wintertime. So um, what I think you'll see is with, with a lot of national players, not to knock all of them, they do some great things, but is they don't have that, that touch, right. They don't have that every quarter. They're going to send you your, your payment every quarter. They're going to send you a report. And that's pretty much it. Right. Yeah. And you call them and you can't get a direct person. You're going to get somebody overseas we have homeowner success managers in market, you know, and they know your home and they've been in your home a thousand times. And so it's, you know, it's that. And and we try to force those quarterly business reviews because again, it's a partnership. We want you to intimately know how we're operating, what we think of the home. But for most owners, they're like, hey, that's great. 
you know, do what you guys want to do. And those are the best kind of homeowners, right? Because they yeah. let us operate. We're the professionals and they yeah. see the best performance. I would say the ones that are the most hands-off that trust us right. um, and receive the information and, and trust, you know, in the recommendations. Um, we love those and they love us because it's a great relationship and we know what's best and boom, we hit performance. Those are, those are the best ones. I love it. And that's, I love that you said, cause that's how when, when I'm my relationship with all of my management partners, it's pretty intense in the very beginning, right? We do yeah. spend, I, I spend a lot of time in the beginning stages to make sure that we're the right fit for them, that they're the right fit for us and that, that everybody's kind of on the same page. But then after that, I tell people, I look at the PL at the end of every month and I look at the calendar when I want to go visit my properties and, right. and then yeah. on our reviews, right? But because we just want them to now, okay, we, we spent so much time on the front end that we feel really comfortable with the partners that we have on our properties that we want to just be hands-off from there. That's why, that's, that's right. why we hire you guys, right. And, and, and partner with you. And, I love the, you know, I don't, most people don't, I, I don't think maybe realize the quarterly reviews, how big of a deal those can be and yeah. to really help maximize your asset. Uh, annual reviews are pretty common. Quarterly yeah. reviews, typically you're just getting, you know, you're just getting, like I said, a PL statement or your performance or whatever else. And it's not really, a, it's not really a, a quarterly review. Right. Right. And, um, and I can give you an example. I've got a, a property that, that our property manager, they do an annual review yeah. and, we got a, a fairly like, you know, a, a fairly pointed like, okay, hey, we were down here for Thanksgiving. This was this was a little while back. We were down here for Thanksgiving. The roaster was broken and the blender was broken. I had to run to the store and go buy some of these things. They didn't leave us a review on a, a public review, but they gave us feedback, right? And I'm yeah. as a property manager, say, how are we missing that? Like, those are things right. that we need to make sure that we miss. And like, well, we knew it was bad, but we were going to tell you at the end of the year when we had our review. Too late. like, it's too late. Yeah. We need to stay on top of all that stuff. And it's, it's really important to, to where, and, and like you said, you're the, I can't remember what you called him, the, the, the local success people that help yeah, um, homeowner success, managers. The homeowner success managers. They they're going to know that they're going to know that the minute it's a problem and because the homeowner, most of the homeowners and are like myself, I'll, I'll pay for that and buy it immediately when it goes out that we Absolutely. want to, we just need to know. Right. And right. so having somebody that is there that really is familiar with what's going on in the property outside of just a cleaner that some, sometimes the cleaners catch things like that. Sometimes they don't, they're usually just looking right. if it's still in the cupboard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cleaners are in and out. I love our homeowner success managers and our investment there because, you know, think of them as, you know, the, the conduit internally and externally of, of information, right? Yeah. Maybe they're communicating, Hey, we're not liking how this is going from the homeowner. And, and they're disseminating that to our operational team. And our operational team is communicating to that homeowner success manager. Hey, you know, I've noticed this in the past couple of stays, our revenue manager is working with that person. So they, they intimately know everything that's going on in the home. And again, they're local in the market. So they know the market as well. And and they develop that long-term relationship and they know, you know, you can pick up the phone and call our homeowner success manager at any time. So it's a, it's a huge investment. And again, at, at, at scale, it works great um, because we can put that person in market. We can hire them full-time. They're super dedicated. All they do is the relationship management point and understanding what the goals are on both sides and making sure we're meeting those. It's awesome. I love it. And, and ultimately it's, that still comes down to providing and raising the bar on that guest experience, right? That that's 100%. really all that, all that comes down to. So I love it. Well, Dustin, this has been an awesome conversation. I, I think you and I could go for a, a long time. Um, we could probably, yeah. yeah, we could talk for a, a lot longer than we have today, but I would love to. So typically 
when I have interviews, um, I always, I always ask a question and, um, two people have had success in this game, you know, homeowners that say, Hey, listen, if you could go back and give yourself some advice, getting into this game, you know, knowing what you know now, what would you say to somebody? And I would love to ask you that because one, you've been in the game for a long time and there's still a lot of people where this is a brand new investment as mainstream as short-term rentals are becoming. There's, this is still something that is new and people, my goal is always to have people walk into this game with their eyes wide open and share anything we can. Is there anything that comes to mind that if you could go back and give yourself some advice from kind of that, that investor standpoint and that owner standpoint of saying, what, what would you do different now versus what you thought back in the day? Yeah, I think, um, man, so many, so many things, like you said, I made a lot of mistakes early on, which is great because I've overcome all those, but as an investor, I think, you know, figuring out why you want to want to get into this, why you want to buy is super key. And and that that answer for yourself uh, can mean a lot of different things. My first investment was I love going to this lake. I want to go there on a regular basis and I want to cover my bills. And that was my goal. Um, others, it is, hey, I just want to make the maximum ROI as possible. And I think answering that question for yourself is huge in the beginning. And, yeah. and I think my first investment the answer was different than, than what I would do now, right? Straight yep. returns now before it was, I wanted to, to visit a location. So I would say really understand why you want to get into this. And do you want to make it a professional business of yourself or do you want to make it an investment is, is the next, because you can't do both no, at, totally at different. or successful. Um, and I would say, don't follow the fads, right? There's yep. many instances and, and I, luckily we got out in front of this at the Alexander, but you chase those bad markets. By the time you get to that market and that exponential growth, it's prices gone. are exponential. The, you know, supply is way too high. I always use Gatlinburg as an example. Yeah. I love Gatlinburg, one of the top visited national parks in the country. Had an exponential growth for years. We bought there in 2018 when before you know COVID and the yeah. spike, and and it's still showing up on reports as the best place to invest. And I would tell investors, you probably don't want to buy there you know, because no. it's already gone. Like the supplies there, you know, so I would say, you know, don't chase the, the newest fad, make sure you understand your true, you know, intent of buying investment. Is it partial use? Is it straight ROI? Um, and then I would say, yeah, vet out a professional property manager. I started myself again, managing my own property while I was working a full-time startup SaaS job. And it was a nightmare um, yeah. and it was so hard. And I ended up handing it off to a property manager. And I wish I would have just started with understanding what value can a professional property manager deliver and how's it going to make my, still meet my goals and make my life easier. Cause you know, we all have our full-time jobs and other things going on. So I would say those are probably the the key things. And I, I would say, if you're going to do it yourself, hey, nothing wrong with that. Look at the tools out there. There are a lot of great tools, yeah. but just know you're going to pay for it one way or the other in time and guest experience or property management fees. You might as well hire a property manager and come out at the same or better ROI and not have to deal with it. Absolutely. And, and great answers uh, on that. And and I love the the why part of it as well. It's the first time somebody's brought that up as, as one of the, one of the, you know, guiding lights. And I can tell you're, you've been experienced in this game with that answer, because very first thing I tell people is let's go through why you really want to do this, because it's going, that answer to that is going to be the guiding light on your investment decisions moving forward. Is it, is it truly a lifestyle asset where you're really trying to buy something in an area 
might be Gatlinburg. That might not be the best returns for you, right? You're you're trying yeah. to supplement a vacation home for yourself. And right. and that's okay. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that with that being your property goals. But if you don't understand what your property goals are, man, you're just going to be going in so many different directions and you're never yeah. going to buy anything, right? Because right. one time you're looking at Gatlinburg, the returns maybe aren't there. And then you hear of a, you know, Lincoln, Nebraska, and all of a sudden you got a 30% cash on cash return. And you don't know why. And you chase that one. And then somebody else over here talks about another yeah. market. And without a clear why of what you're doing, it, it's really hard to dial in to be able to take those steps forward. And, and I love the advice on the property management side of it. I always tell people, people when they want to manage their own properties. It's great. If you want to manage your properties because you love the hospitality game, you love yeah. spending time doing it. That's a great reason to do it, but don't do it to save money. Don't agree. Don't yeah. try to it's manage right your reason. own property to make the numbers work. That is not the reason to property manage. And because ultimately, like you said, you start doing your own, trying to work a full-time job. It becomes a nightmare. And then all of a sudden you're in this distressed situation, making decisions that maybe you don't even hire the right property manager because you're just ready to hand it off to somebody, right? right? Somebody take it, right? Yeah. yeah. Somebody take it and run with it. And so great advice on that as well. So Dustin, I really, really appreciate you joining us today. Where can people find more about you, Portoro, like what, and, and, you know, if, if we're interested in partnering yeah. and, and yeah, where, I would where say can we all find the more channels. Yeah, all the channels, you know, LinkedIn, you can find me there. You can find Portoro there. Um, our website, www.portoro.com. Look us up there. Um, we've got a lot of great resources. And, you know, click to contact us now. Happy to chat with anybody who's looking to understand. And, and hey, I, I love this industry. I love giving advice like you. Um, I would say, even if we're not operating in your market, we operate in Austin, Texas and Charleston, South Carolina right now. I just talked to an investor and, and I said, hey, I'll find you somebody in your area, even if we don't operate in your area. And I, and I stand by that um, because it. I want people to have a good investment experience and want them to find the right property management. I'll just give advice on how to vet them out. So, you know, happy to talk to anybody who's interested in, in vetting out a local PM. Awesome. That is awesome. And, and so, guys, we'll post that in the show notes. For those of you listening on the podcast, or if you're seeing this on YouTube, we'll make sure that Dustin's information and all the links to the socials and the website are on there. You can go check it out and then reach out to these guys. And so Dustin, again, thank you so much for joining us. Those of you joining us, we know how valuable your time is. And we really, really appreciate you sharing it or spending it with us. If you got any value and you're getting value out of these shows, those likes, those shares, they really do make a big difference. If you got more than 30 seconds and can give us more than a thumbs up, give us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And at the end of every episode, I always leave you guys with one challenge, and that is to go pick one thing that you can do today to start building that life you don't want to take a vacation from. Cheers, my friends. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey, Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.